everyone. Welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 173, the debate on how to hydrate. On this episode, we address a question from one of our listeners about hydration. There are two schools of thought regarding staying hydrated on the trail. Drink when you're thirsty or downing a ton of water. We dive right into the balance of hydration versus what your body needs when hiking. You can get talking about this topic, join in on the discussion on our Facebook group page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast and start the conversation. Come hang out with us and be part of our family. So we are coming to you live today from Grand Junction, Colorado, um, really in Fruta, which is just a few miles west of Grand Junction. We're at the uh, Colorado National Monument. I mean, we're looking right at it right now as we do this podcast. So we are outdoors. You're going to hear some birds. You're going to maybe hear some crickets, but you'll definitely hear some trucks driving by <laughs> because we're, we're outside. Uh, it's been... Uh, high 70s, uh, low to mid 80s. Um, the nights have been cool and it is absolutely fantastic weather. We were able to go up to the Colorado National Monument and look around and I, I am really super excited because we're going to take you guys on a pretty cool backpacking trip. Um, we went up to scout it out. It is it, you know, when you look at it from the road, you're like, okay, it's just a big wall of beautiful rock formations. But when you get up there, there's a canyon in there. And there's a, a canyon, there's a, a, um, a thing called Independence Monument. And you can hike to it, you can camp there. Uh, it's, it, it, there's a lot of trails up here. And so we're gonna do a, a backpacking trip because it, it just looks really epic. So we're gonna scout that trail out. We're gonna kind of see where to go, which ones are the best. Um, so far, we think we've got a route. And um, so, and the campground up there is just phenomenal. We think we're gonna have a good, uh, good old fashioned Colorado night stargazing meetup and camp out and backpack trip there. So stay tuned. I think that'll be probably the uh, about the same time um, in 2021, maybe November. Uh, I think probably be the best time to go. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, we're coming to you live from there. And so uh, there's going to be a little background noise. So we do apologize for that. Uh, but, you know, our podcast is about the outdoors. So we kind of like being outdoors. Um, the one thing I want to kind of just do a couple uh, house cleaning uh uh, quick tips real quick um, get this out of the way before we get into the podcast is that we've had some questions on uh, Patreon and, and exactly how that whole thing works with the um, the $35 uh, tier uh, gig. The Patreon we used Patreon for a couple different re reasons. One we uh, put different information out there. We have a Gear Talk podcast that is specifically for Patreon users. Um, we blog, we tried to go live last week. We were unsuccessful because of bandwidth. Um, but more importantly, we have a $35 tier. And the way that works for people that had, had it hassed um, is that that's kind of like a, think of it as a savings account, really. You're putting money in towards one of our trips that you want to go on. So you kind of pay up front 
for for example if you want to go on the grand canyon that money that goes onto that 35 dollars tier is then credited to you when you show up to do the grand canyon or joshua tree or any other events that we charge for guided trips for so it's really kind of like you're you're putting that in savings so when the trip comes you need to go and it's you're all set to go so that's how that works on our patron for people that have asked that question i kind of hope that uh clears you know clears that up um and then the of course the other thing too is uh we've got um um, we've got, I think, six people coming to the Sycamore Wilderness uh, meetup, uh, swimming in the desert meetup, which I'm so excited about. Uh, we had a person sign up for the Joshua Tree National Park backpacking trip, which is going to be epic. Uh, the Sycamore Wilderness Canyon, man, if you really want a spectacular uh, trip, uh, I mean, it's beautiful. We're in a canyon. It's the second largest canyon in Arizona. Um, so if you can get out here in November, sign up for that trip. Um, we're really super excited to go on that trip and really, really excited to get um, down there and spend uh, November uh, down there with you guys. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of like where we're at uh, right now. And uh, today we're going to kind of delve into the debate because I thought it was a great question when uh, she asked that on, on our Facebook group. I, I thought it was an excellent question. Yeah, so this question comes uh, to us from Marie Andre Journault, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I never know. Um, this is the question: Would love to have an episode dedicated to hydration. There seems to be two schools of thought: drink when you're thirsty, and the whole idea of downing tons of water, and that sport drink sport drinks will hydrate you more than water. She would love to hear our take on it. As she started going with hikers, embarking on day hikes, loaded with five liters on board, plus electrolyte gels, etc., they pee almost hourly. So this is not the first time we've done a hydration episode. Uh, we've actually done two really important hydration episodes in the past that I want to draw your attention to because there is good information in both of these that we're not going to necessarily dig into in today's episode. So if you need to know about hydration, definitely hit up all three of these. Uh, but episode 117, backpacking in hot weather, hot weather, we talked a lot about you know, what dehydration does to you and, and the effects of it and kind of how to stay hydrated out on the trail, which we're going to talk a lot about today. And then episode 87, way back in 87, we talked about dehydration in winter. And that's a really important topic uh, to definitely go look at because we're about to hit winter. And Yes, you can dehydrate in winter because you are less thirsty. So definitely check out both of those episodes as well as today. And hopefully you guys will be hydrated by the end of it. Was that episode 87 or the year 1987? <laughs> it feels, feels like that was a while ago. All right. So in this in this podcast today, we really are addressing two main things. So it's, if you really think about it in your question, Marie, there's two separate topics to talk about. First, it's about how much should you be hydrating? And second, it's about sport drinks and electrolytes versus the intake of water. So we're gonna kind of dive into these different topics. They may merge a little bit, but I wanna kind of get right into how much to hydrate and give, before we get into the actual question and dig into it, give a little bit of scientific background, um, 
because it does really help when you understand how the body functions and what the body needs. It really helps to understand the intake process versus the outtake process. So your body is made up of 60% water. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, there are different organs, obviously, and different functions and different bones and that are collecting a different percentage. But generally speaking, without age and, uh, you know, weight and so on and so forth, you're about 60%, give or take, made up of water. So it, the water is a very important component in balancing the health of your body's organs and your systems. Therefore, you have to kind of stay hydrated to keep your body functioning at the way it's designed to function. Um, so if we're talking specifically to activity, drinking a sufficient amount of water is crucial for maintaining your body temperature and all of your organs kind of pumping the way they need to. Um, so obviously that goes without saying, but when you exercise, your body sweats in an attempt to maintain and return to an optimal, optimal temperature. So as your sweat evaporates from your skin, as you're walking and you're getting that blood pumping, you know, it removes heat directly from your body. And you're also, of course, losing body fluids. So you need to drink the fluids back to, you know, with that extreme amount of exercise and to, to replace exactly kind of what you're losing when you sweat. Um, and if you don't, that's how dehydration occurs. Dehydration occurs when the loss of body fluids exceeds the amount that you're actually taking in. It sounds like simple math. It, it is very, very simple math. But if that's, more comes out than goes in, you're dehydrated. Exactly. Um, you know, but, but, but talking about this topic, like how much is how much, like how much is the right balance for you? And so your, your body naturally, your body is an amazing piece of gear. And we've talked about that a little bit before, but you know, it knows when too much is too much and when too little is too little. And so it kind of like works to help you balance that a little bit. Um, and so when you bring in too much, it excretes that excess water that it doesn't need to function properly out in your urine. So obviously the more fluids you drink, the more urine that is produced in your kidneys. And that's why everybody is peeing so much is because they are drinking and absorbing so much. And the body's like, whoa, I don't actually need that. I'm going to pee it out. And so that's why some people pee so frequently out on the trail. That would be me. <laughs> well, and so and I think that kind of helps answer the first question that you had is that, you know, you're, you see, when you go out hiking and you see everybody pee every hour on the hour, that tells you right away, they're drinking too much water. They're not absorbing the water. The water's going right through them and their body, their, their tissue, it, you know, they're not really absorbing good water. It's just, it's just really in one an way excess. and out the other. Now, I, now there is this like, there's this like formula that says, okay, you know, it's probably recommended to drink about half a liter to one liter per hour for moderate to strenuous activity. And you kind of have to be like, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> okay. Well, that's it's fine. different for everybody. It, it, it was different. It's so when, when you, when you take into the thought of hiking and how much water you should be drinking, that's a really difficult 
it's a really difficult formula to say this is your answer. This is exactly how much because there are so many factors that go into how much you're going to be excreting and how much you need to then replenish. Um, so you have to think about the intensity of your workout. Um, how much elevation gain and loss are you doing? Um, how long are you going to be out there? Uh, what's the climate? What's the weather? Is there an extreme amount of humidity? Is it really dry heat? You need to kind of understand all these components. And then, of course, you have to understand yourself. And it all kind of depends on the way you sweat it out, the rate of which you sweat it out. I met somebody recently who has now actually come on multiple one of our trips. I have never seen somebody drink so much water on the trip, but it's con she's constantly sweating it out. And that's what her body needs. And it's very different than another. And so there's, there's so many components that you can't really put, you can't put like a very strict saying thing. This is your answer. This is your answer for how much you have to hydrate. Um, now, I actually went and looked up a formula. I knew there was a formula that's out there that kind of kind of help you at a starting at a starting ground. Um, so, in a given day, let's just talk about in a given day. You know, you the doctor's always like, well, back back in the day, <laughs> your doctor <laughs> back in my day is like drink six to eight glasses of water a day. You know, an, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. But like what? That that just doesn't even like that. That's not even a natural school of thought anymore. But there is a formula to help you to start out, or maybe like to kind of reprogram what your body does need to bring in. So, and kind of share it with you. So, the proper and the healthy amount of water intake to kind of keep your body and your organs and everything functioning the way it's intended is you divide your weight in pounds in half. So divided by two, and then you're supposed to drink that amount in ounces. Now in the hiking world, in the backpacking world, we don't really talk, we don't really talk in ounces sometimes unless we're weighing our gear. But when we're talking about water, we kind of talk in liters sometimes. Um, so let's say you weigh 150 pounds. That equates to 75 ounces per day, which equates to six glasses of water, like 12 ounces of water. So if you're talking about hiking, it's equivalent to over two liters of water per day. Which makes a lot of sense. So I mean, if that's you're about right on par with what everybody, you know, carries when they go on yeah. a you know, um, on a hiking trip. 150 pounds carry two liters of water, but now then take into account the different factors and the component of how hard it's going to be, what your weather is, what your elevation is, and then of course increase it from there. So I think the 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 real question isn't isn't really, you know, how much water you should drink, but the real question comes down to how often should you be drinking that water and the how often isn't you know chugging you know every mile or every few miles and you can drink all the water you want to at some point in time you're not absorbing any water anymore it's just going right out of your system there's also a fact that you know 
too much water can hurt you um, if you're not if you're not getting rid of that water properly. So um, it's not about how much. It's it's kind of like how often. So when we do our guided trips, like in the Grand Canyon, for example, yeah, it's all math. It's all math we it's we, a very very calculated number. it's a very calculated number and so we know based on your age based on your weight based right. on the miles we're doing based on the heat based on all of that that's right and so um but we don't just chug water um that would be silly um your body is it, it's a fine it's a fine tooled machine and that's why in a lot of our podcasts we talk about your body's a piece of gear um, so it's a balance. It's a balance between water and then eating a snack with electrolytes, even a small snack that replaces salt. That's what you're going to need uh, to keep water in your system. And so it's a balance. And it's just not water, 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 water. That, that's not it. And um, for the hiking club out there, um, I would probably start bringing some snacks with you and save some of the water at home because your body at some point in time is going to have to replace the salts. And if you're just drinking water, you're not replenishing those salts. And so now drinking too much water while you're hiking, you're, you almost get to the point where you start doing it a disservice. And so it's not how much it's, how often how often yep. and so um you know the in the sure time the sure way to tell is if you're drinking too much water is you're peeing every hour or every half hour <laughs> yeah and and your 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 urine is completely you know clear white clear um so that tells me that you don't have any enzymes you don't have any salt um and you know your body's not creating waste so you want your body to create waste and so you know, that's when you maybe drink a bottle. If you want to drink one bottle an hour, um, you know, like a little eight ounce bottle of water, that's fine. But then the next hour, maybe stop and have a snack. Maybe, you know, have some electrolytes and maybe, you know, have some peanuts or, or some kale or something that is going to be electrolyte friendly and um, really, really put those electrolytes back in your body because you're going to get the same result. You're going to get the exact same result. And then maybe the next hour, maybe if you're going to go into your other eight ounce bottle of water, maybe this time put an electrolyte tablet in there, you know, make it fun, make it, you know, a little tasty, you know, make it something that is, that does a two for one. Not only does it hydrate you, but it gives you a little boost of electrolytes at the same time. You don't have to drink every hour, um, you know, but, but it also all depends on, you know, what your body is demanding. And your body is going to tell you what it needs. If, if you listen to it, it's going to tell you. If you're drinking water and you're peeing every hour, your body is telling you just, hey, hold back a little bit. If your body is, you know, telling you it needs water, if you, you know, and, and you, so you better listen to it. And there's, there's a fine line between that. In a lot of aspects, if you are already dehydrated, water isn't going to hydrate you again um that's kind of a myth like well my pee is really yellow oh my god i'm dehydrated i'm gonna drink this eight ounce bottle of water and i should be fine 
No, no, you're not going to be fine. You're dehydrated. Your body only absorbs 20% of all the water that you're drinking. And at some point in time, even less when you're completely fully hydrated. So it's going to be a balance. So you've got to really understand when Ariane says, you know, you got to know where you are, what climate you're in, what your elevation is, how hard you're hiking, what what's the temperature. That all plays factors in your hydration techniques. And so no hydration strategy is ever going to be the same if you're hiking in different elevations, different climates, and different different uh, temperatures. It's just not going to be the same. If you use the same strategy all the time, you may, you know, you may find yourself uh, in a little bit of trouble. Yeah. So when she posed this question to us, I, I was kind of thinking in the back of my head, I was like, huh, I wonder if they're, they're, people who are devoted to the platy, the water platy, or if they're devoted to the water bottles. And there's two school of thoughts there, you know, um, using a water platy. Uh, it's like the constant debate. Do you, do you use a water platy or do you do the bottles of water? And I think that there's, there's, there's annoyances to each one, obviously. And people prefer one versus the other. And sometimes I can switch it up depending on exactly where I'm hiking. But so a water platy allows you to fill it up and as you are just taking small sips throughout and you're constantly hydrating yourself to the point if you are already thirsty you are already dehydrated by the time you feel thirsty you are dehydrated and so i think the the downside in my mind to the water bottle is is by the time you feel thirsty you're reminded to drink and so you stop you get your water bottle out of your side pockets or get somebody to help you with that. And then you're chugging a lot of water. And so my first reaction was, huh, I wonder if they're water bottle people or platy people, because that does take that, that that's an entire factor right there as to whether you're chugging an extreme amount of water right up there, or if you are kind of pacing yourself a lot more and kind of taking smaller sips throughout. I often see that in kind of like a, a cross sport type uh, thing where, you know, people are doing, you know, like if you're a cyclist or you're, you're doing something else um, and you're drinking a lot of water, it's almost habitual, you know, it's almost habit forming. And so again, you know, um, that's going to be a completely different sport. So cyclists, you know, I mean, like, like they're putting out an exorbitant amount of energy um, full time, all the time. Cyclists, you know, um, they can't, you know, professionals, they can't stop under a tree and, and rest for an hour. Right. You know, so, you know, <laughs> well, but they can, but uh, they're, it's, they're, not, it's not, it's not going to help them. No, it won't. And, you know, the balance that they have to go by with their bodies is going to be completely different. But I often find that that crossover then to um, hikers, um, trail runners, um, not so much backpackers i would think but you know like a lot of the day hiking clubs i see you know that kind of crosses over and it's almost habitual where they're taking um they're they're drinking you know a chug of water you know every hour every hour every hour and again i think the science and the technology behind the water platy um is that you're sipping as you go you're sipping as you go you know you're not chugging water so in the perfect world, you lose a little water. You intake a little you water. You intake a little water. You lose a little water. And so you, you maintain that balance of, of, of 
you know, um, electrolytes, water. So you're not losing, but you're not gaining. And I think that's the whole key. You want to have a balance out there. Now, to know what that balance is, yeah, it I mean, takes it, take, practice. it does take a lot of practice. You know, you really have to know your body um, and what your body is telling you. But it is, it's definitely a balance. And each different activity you do is, again, you're going to have to have a different water strategy. I wish there, I wish. There was an easy way to tell you that, but in different activities, you're going to have a different water strategy. And I think the key is, is too, is, is not waiting until you're thirsty to drink because at that point you have already, you've already done your body a disservice. It's already playing catch up and catch up is so much harder for your body to react and function the way you need. So, you know, we talked a little bit about electrolytes very, very briefly, but the electrolyte versus water, like your muscles need things to contract. Like it, it, it has to have certain things for it to work properly. Water's not necessarily one of them. It's sodium, potassium, calcium. And when the those substances get imbalanced by dehydration or overuse of water or whatever the case may be, that leads to your muscle weakness, excessive contractions. That's when you're already starting to hit like your dehydration. And that's when things kind of go for the worse. Yeah, that's when you get cramps. That's when you get Charlie horses in your, in your muscles and your muscles are sore. So the key component between people bringing the electrolyte gels or balancing with electrolyte tabs or even like scott said you know adding in the food component that gives yourself the electrolytes that you need like um banana chips and pickle juice those are great electrolyte options for you that can replenish that balance that your that your muscles kind of need to keep functioning i mean you're out there hiking you kind of want your legs to work important (laughs) kind of important so yes there i agree with people taking electrolytes i never leave home without an electrolyte tap or two and i always try to bring foods that replenish that because at some point you just don't want to keep drinking it's you you just get tired of drinking you're like oh i feel like i'm drowning here like i'm i'm tired of drinking i can't fit anymore in my body you know um it's just, it's that mental aspect. So if you if you share your uh, electrolyte need that your body needs to balance it with uh, different type of food components, then you are sourcing your body the way you need to. But you're also mixing it up a little rather than just chugging tons of water. Well, and the thing is, is that and we've talked about this um, before on our podcast is that. Um, you know, if you know you're going to go out for the weekend and you're going to go hiking with your, your club or your group or your friends um, and you're going to go on a long hike, um, well, you better start drinking 24 hours before you go. It gives your body a chance to, to hydrate properly. And so before you even step on the trail, you're, or, you're already hydrated. You're ready to go. So now it's just the balance. So instead of having to bring, you know, um, you know, a hundred water bottles with you, okay? And instead of bringing, having to bring that, you're already hydrated. You, you're already way ahead of the game. And so now it's just a balance. It's about you know keeping that that hydration going, and that's very easily done by just looking at your urine. If your urine is you know uh, um, you know yellow, uh, clear, 
um, very light yellow, you're you're probably really good. If it's dark urine, you're already going into dehydration, and so that's it's a way to tell. Um, but if you're peeing every hour, I can guarantee you that you know you're just putting water in just to pee water out. You're not you're not really doing your body any good because you're or you're overly hydrated and, and your next concern then is going to be muscle cramps and doing that kind of injury to your muscles because your muscles then are now starving for electrolytes and the balance is impaired too of what you know your kidneys and your uh your body needs to be able to balance that and so yes electrolytes the balance between water and electrolytes is key to keeping your body fully functioning um one last thing that I do want to talk about is is really understanding your route and understanding where your water sources are. Because, you know, Marie, you alluded to the fact that people are loading up on five liters of water. Now, what I don't know is, you know, are you are you hiking to water? Are you hiking within water? Is there water sources along your route? So, yeah, no, you don't. Water's heavy. Let's face it. If you don't need to carry that weight, why would you? Well, you're going to have to carry it when you do the Sycamore Wilderness right. Canyon trip because there's no water down there. And, um, you know, I guess in, uh, in quite a few situations, you are carrying your water. But that's even more to the point of what we just talked about. That's even more to the point is that you're going to have to have a water strategy and a balance. You go out to these desert states and do these desert trails, water's not going to cut it. You can bring all the water you want. You have a water truck behind you. Carrying, you know? carrying that much in, and, in, and in Gatorade or... Get, getting uh, water on demand when you want them. <laughs> water will not, ultimately, water will not be good enough for you. And so, and I think that's really the point of what we're trying to say is that there it's a balance of keeping it all in not too much out not too much in and having that fine balance and knowing what your body is is telling you so and the sport drink debate uh to kind of wrap it to an end is you know sport drinks are high in sugar they're high in carbohydrates uh they have a ton of calories to it so like it may not be necessary on a three-mile hike. It may not be necessary on a five-mile hike, depending on where you're going. The more energy your body burns, the more you output, the more aggressive your hiking is, um, that's when you start needing to use those drinks. And I don't think that sport drinks in general are a hiker's... It's not a necessity for a general hiker. Um, we would highly suggest probably bringing in an electrolyte tab or something more specific that is tailored without the sugar and the calorie content unless your body is needing that to replenish it over miles and miles and days. Yeah, and again, if you're already hydrated, it's, it's, it's going in and going out. And you've just wasted, you know your money on a on a Gatorade bottle because if you're overly hydrated. So what we normally do with the with the sports drink stuff is I've never carried ever ever a sports drink. I will carry powder propel in a powder form and mix it in my water bottle at night when I go to bed. Or sometimes I have it for orange juice, kind of like an orange juice type thing in the morning. 
Because if I'm going to drink that sports drink, I want it to be I want it to be used for something, oh, and I'm not going to carry it in a liquid form. It's just ridiculous. Um, but we do after our backpacking trips, we do put um, Propel or Gatorade in the car. And so when you're done backpacking after five, six, seven day backpacking trip, now you get to your car and now, yeah, let's, uh, let's get up in that, let's, let's fill up in uh, some, some sugar, electrolytes, and, and, and you know, kind of break that down a little bit. And you know, that's always real uh, refreshing, it tastes good. By that time, you're sick of everything that's been in your backpack. <laughs> um, and so it's kind of a it's kind of a pick me up to do that. And so like when we do the Grand Canyon trip, we always have Gatorade and that kind of stuff in the car. But I don't think I've ever brought ever in. I mean, in the years we've been backpacking, I don't think I've ever brought a, a liquid bottle of Gatorade or a sports drink with me. And the, I mean, the gels are, are, are kind of good if you're out there for a week on end, um, or if you have summit after summit after summit to hike, but then now you're getting into some, we're talking some serious, some serious hiking, some serious backpacking. And at that point, I think your body will kind of already know what limitations it needs and, and kind of what it needs to fulfill you know, from your day hikes. Yeah, and bring the powdered stuff. It's a lot less weight. <laughs> We've been known to bring um, a Pedialyte for our dogs. And I know no one's talking about dogs here, but seeing as though they come with us all over the place. Um, you know, if, if we're going into an area where we're not passing creek after creek after creek, we'll go ahead and throw in a little bit of powdered Pedialyte uh, to kind of supplement some of what they need uh, for intake as well. So little things that you can do that are much more lightweight, um, but still very balanced to what your body needs for the input output. Yeah, completely, completely agree. So, I mean, we hope we answered this question. It's, it's, it's a hard question to define with a very straight answer because there's so many components that go into answering it. And I think the more experience you gain out there, the more you do it, the more you try different options for yourself, the more you're going to exactly know how your body functions and what it needs. And that'll help you at least reduce the weight load or the unnecessary items that you need to, that you don't necessarily need to bring in fear of not being able to hydrate enough. Yeah, and the, I, th I think the last point is just don't do what anybody else is doing, figure out for yourself. Um, it's your body. You know it better than anybody else. If you watch somebody else drinking a ton of water, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good for you. So um, kind of know what your body does, your own, uh, your own body, your own needs. Um, you know, you don't want to be If you don't want to get dehydrated on the trail, don't wait. Don't wait until you get on the trail to start hydrating. You know, do it a day before, and normally you'll be good to go. So, um, so we're gonna kind of uh, drop off the hydration uh, topic for a minute. And Ariana has like this beautiful uh, message that we got. It kind of kind of lost in messenger a little bit. Um, but oh my God, I mean, it just floored both of us and we want to share it with you guys because, um, he's definitely a member of our podcast family and our backpacking community. And it really, it really touched us. So we, we were, <laughs> we apologized deeply for missing this. It did get kind of caught within our messages and, and we didn't see it for a little bit, but we've been speaking directly to Naras and uh, we wanted to give him a major shout out 
uh, for this. And here's a little bit of a story for you, especially with all the incidents that are happening. Um, people are really like pushing their limits lately. And this is this is a little story about knowing your limits and knowing when enough is enough. So here is the message that we got uh, from Naras Al-Bas. I hope I'm saying that correct. <laughs> Hello guys, I just wanted to thank you on behalf of all of the outdoor community, especially for your episode about it's about the journey, not the summit, which is episode 49. At New Year's Eve, I went on a group hike attempting to summit Hallgard Mountain, the highest peak in Iraq, sitting at 11,834 feet. Some of the crew did not know the difference between adventure and a picnic. We had to slow down for them because we had to stick together as the trail navigates between old minefields, courtesy of the 1980s war with Iran. We were only 900 feet from the peak when I realized we wouldn't make it back before dark. The entire team did, did not want to return before hitting the summit, including myself. We just didn't want to fail. That's in quotes. It was your words ringing in my mind that helped me favor common sense over testosterone and decide to turn around. Thankfully, my Kurdish guide agreed to that, as Kurds are, are known for their stubbornness when it comes to the right and wrong, they just don't compromise. When I made it to the car, I was, it was over an hour after dark. Temperatures had dropped so rapidly that my sweaty toes started to freeze and feel numb. It was my act that led the rest of the team to turn back 10 minutes after me. Looking back, I can safely assume that your advice led to our safe return and that I came home with amazing memories and pictures, made friends with awesome people, and an unbreakable determination to go back to the mountains. Please keep good work going. I really admire your balance between realistic approach to the outdoors. Seriously, thank you, New Ras. And we kind of started up a dialogue together, and it really is about the journey. And it's never about the point that you thought you were going to get to, because that point alters. Yeah, it, it really does. And I, it was just such a great, uh, it's a great message. Um, thank you so much. It, it was um, to, you know, to have our podcast uh, be you know, even listen to and useful <laughs> in Iraq is just, it's just, it's just mind blowing. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. Uh, so uh, I hope you make the summit. I uh, hope you let us know when you go back there someday and you get to the summit. Um, and if you don't, uh, who cares? Just keep going um, and enjoying the outdoors. It's a, it's just an amazing, amazing place. So um that was that made our week for sure. That was a highlight of our week. You guys, thank you so much for listening. We apologize for all the background noise outdoors. Uh, it is outdoors. We have no control over the outdoors. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to show some love, go to trusttrailpodcast.com and check out some of the merch. We have t-shirts, hats, coffee cups, embrace the suck hoodies, all that kind of cool stuff. And of course, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. Our newsletter just went out today. We talked about being stuck in Custer State Park with a thousand buffalo all around us, which was really cool. And then other things for um, all of our listeners, backpackers, and um, some of the other people that follow our Airstream adventures. Shout out to our lovely and amazing Facebook members and 
our Patreons who help support the podcast, Kim Calverman, Brother Bear, Jill Lang, E.J. Newell, Becky Wenger, Helene Prophet, Ted Jones, Bob Esser, Kathy Kinnison, Jeff Nyman, Danny, Danny Bowen, Jack Masters, Amy Toppendorf, Lisa Pruitt, Mike Pollitt, Brad Wolf, Suzanne Johnson, Gary Brucia, John Phillips, Shirley Nutt, and Rick Hornet, our newest Patreons, Jessica Wolfen, Ethan Corona, and Jordan. Thank you so much, Jordan. Appreciate that. And we're looking forward to seeing you in the Sycamore Wilderness Canyon. Again, um, you heard in the beginning of the podcast what Patreon is. It's a secure platform that lets you support your favorite podcasters. We do things a little bit different. Kind of give that money back to you when you go on some of our trips. Uh, and even for as little as $2 a month, you get our podcast and other uh, other podcasts um, early. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the big ones. If you can't find us, let us know. We'll uh, we'll get one on. We'll get our episode on your favorite podcatcher. Just send us an email. By the way, you can send us an email just to say hello too. Makes no difference. We 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 love that stuff. Hey, just want to let you know I'm hiking this trail today. You know, blah blah blah. It's beautiful. We're like that's that's really cool. So you can always drop us a line. Doesn't have to be about anything. Um, we will uh, and we'll give you a shout out on our our podcast. You can check us out on our Instagram. Trust the Trail podcast. We have some pictures of Colorado Monument, which has just been beautiful up here. Um, and you can check us out on our Trust the Trail Facebook page. So remember, the trail gives you everything that you need. So trust the trail, you guys. Bye.